1: Je suis venue à la téléconférence des résultats financiers du quatrième trimestre 2021 de Cascade. Je m'appelle Sylvie et je serai votre opératrice aujourd'hui. Notez que toutes les lignes sont présentement en mode d'écoute seulement. Suite aux commentaires des et dirigeants, il y a une période de questions. Good morning, my name is Sylvie and I will be your conference operator today. At this time, I would like to welcome everyone to Cascade Fourth Quarter 2021 Financial Results Conference Call. All lines are currently in listen-only mode. After the speaker's remarks, there will be a question-and-answer session. And I would like to pass the call over to Jennifer Aitken, Director of Investor Relations for Cascade. Ms. Aitken, you may begin.
2: Thank you, Silzy. Good morning, everyone, and thank you for joining our fourth quarter 2021 conference call. We will begin with an overview of our operational and financial results, followed by some concluding remarks, after which we will begin the question period. The speakers on today's call will be Mario Ploude, President and CEO, and Alan Hogg, CFO. Also joining us for the question and answer period at the end of the call are Charles Malot, President and COO of Container Board Packaging, Luc Langevin, President and COO of Specialty Products, and Jean-David Tardif, President and COO of Tissue Papers. Before I turn the call over to my colleagues, I would like to highlight that certain statements made during this call will discuss historical and forward-looking matters. The accuracy of these statements is subject to risk factors that can have a material impact on actual results. These risks are listed in our public filings. These statements, the investor presentation, and the press release also include data that are not measures of performance under IFRS please refer to our Q4 2021 investor presentation for details. This presentation, along with our fourth quarter press release, can also be found in the investor section of our website. If you have any questions, please feel free to call us after the session. I will now turn the call over to our CEO, Mario.
3: Thank you, Jennifer, and good morning, everyone. Before going into details of each of our businesses, let me begin by saying that the fourth quarter was a challenging end to the year. And let me be clear, we are very disappointed with this performance. A powerful mix of wide-ranging inflationary pressure on cost, labor challenge, and constraint in logistics, and the supply chain led to our initial 4th quarter warning on December 22nd. However, their impact continued to escalate as the quarter progressed, and we were subsequently made worse by lasting secondary effect of the flooding in the rail disruption in Western Canada, and the steep rise of Omicron cases in December. The first of these factors significantly impact the cost and availability of transportation in Canada. The second led to staffing shortage in several of our operations, and both impacted production level in several of our facilities. As a result, we issue a second fourth quarter warning at the end of January. Moving now to our financial results on a consolidated basis, fourth quarter sales were stable year over year and compared to the previous quarter, while adjusted EBITDA decreased notably in both cases. Slide four and five provide quarterly information for each of our business segments. On the raw material side, highlighted on slide six, The Q4 average index price for OCC increased 183% year-over-year and was slightly higher than Q3. As has been the case throughout the year, these higher prices reflect elevated domestic demand driven by strong container board industry production levels. Average index prices for white recycled paper grade also rose in Q4 increasing 103 percent year-over-year and 12 percent from Q3. On the virgin pulp side, the hardwood pulp index increased 45 percent, while the soft pulp index price rose 29 percent from last year level. Subsequently, both decreased by approximately five percent. Moving now to the result of each of our business segment, as highlighted on page seven through nine of the presentation. Beginning with the, uh, with the sequential performance, sales in container board decreased marginally in Q4. This reflects lower volume partially offset by a more favorable sales mix and benefits from price increases during the year. The 2% volume decrease a decrease of 4% in parent role and 1% in converted product. I would highlight that shipment levels were impacted by approximately 20,000 short tons in Q4 as rail disruption in Western Canada made an already challenging transportation situation worse. This transportation shortage combined with limited availability of labor as the Omicron variant escalated in December impacted production levels at several of our facilities. Converting shipment decreased by 1% in millions of square feet in line with the 1.2% decrease in the Canadian market and the 0.3% decrease registered in the U.S. market for the period. On a per-day basis, converting shipment increased by 4%, slightly below both the Canadian and the U.S. market average, which were in the range of 5%. Q4 adjusted EBITDA of $70 million, or 13.9% on a margin basis, was $24 million, or 26% below Q3 level. This reflected higher raw material costs, which also included inbound freight costs, as well as lower volume and higher logistic and operational costs due to the reason just discussed. These impacts were partially offset by the continued rollout of price increases. Year-over-year, year, sales were stable while adjusted EBITDA decreased 36% due to many of the elements discussed. It was a difficult quarter for our tissue business for the reason laid out earlier. Sales were largely stable sequentially. As a 2% increase in average selling price was offset by a 3% decrease in volume. Specifically, parent roll shipments decreased by 16%, while shipment of converted product increased by 1%. This resulted in a 5% improvement in the integration rate. Shipment of away-from-home product were flat sequentially, while those of retail converted product grew 3%. Adjusted EBITDA decreased $18 million sequentially as sales mix benefits were offset by lower volume and higher raw material, production, supply, logistics, and energy costs. Year over year, sales and adjusted EBITDA both decreased, reflecting many of the factors we have highlighted. Specialty product group continued to generate solid results sequentially. Q4 sales increased 5% from the prior quarter as the implementation of price increases in response to cost inflation offset lower volume. Adjusted EBITDA increased 4 million sequentially as higher price offset the impact of volume decrease and higher operating and FG&E costs. When compared to the prior year, Q4 sales increased by 28 million or 23% While adjusted EBITDA level increased by 6 million as a higher realized spread offset higher production costs. The impact of logistics and Omicron variant also impacted the performance of this segment. However, strategic investment, production innovation, and commercial strategy implemented in recent years supported this segment 23% year over year increase in adjusted EBITDA in 2021. Alan will now discuss the main highlight of our financial performance. Alan. Thank you, Mario, and good morning, everyone.
4: As a quick reminder, once again, that results of the European Box Book segment have been presented as discontinued as of the second quarter of 2021, following the sales of our equity position in Renault de Minici. We provide relevant details regarding the changes to financial consolidated results on slide 10. Looking at sales as detailed on slide 11 and 12, year-over-year Q4 sales decreased by 2 million. This reflects favorable pricing and sales mix in our packaging businesses. The benefits of these elements were offset by lower volumes uh, in container board and tissue related to the factor that Mario discussed earlier. And an unfavorable exchange rate, which also impacted sales levels for all of our business segments. On a sequential basis, fourth quarter sales also decreased by 2 million, as the impact from constraints in labor and transportation that we discussed earlier on volumes offset improved pricing and mix in all of our business segments. Moving now to operating income in adjusted EBITDA. As highlighted on slide 13, Q4 adjusted EBITDA of 62 million decreased 77 million from the prior year level. The decrease was due to lower volumes and higher material and operational costs, as already discussed. These were partially offset by stronger results in specialty products. Sequentially, Q4 adjusted EBITDA decreased by 45 million, as shown on slide 14. This decrease reflects all the elements we have highlighted throughout the call so far. Slides 15 and 16 illustrate the specific items recorded during the quarter. The main item that impacted operating income before depreciation that is worth mentioning is a total of $92 million of impairment charges and and costs that were recorded in tissue, reflecting the current challenging results. Other items also impacted our net results. These include a $20 million loss on the repurchase of senior notes debt in November, and a $204 million net gain on the sales of our equity stake in Renault Diminici. Slide 17 and 18 illustrate the year-over-year sequential variance of our Q4 adjusted earnings per share, and the reconciliation with the specific items that affected our results. As reported, earnings per share were $1.04 in the fourth quarter, this compared to earnings per share of $0.72 last year. Both periods included specific items. On an adjusted basis, the loss per share of $0.09 was $0.51 below last year's results. This mainly reflects our lower operating performance. On an adjusted basis, sequential fourth quarter EPS decreased $0.08 per share from Q3, 2021 levels, which included a negative adjustment of tax assets totaling 19 cents. As highlighted on slide 19, fourth quarter adjusted cash flow pharma operations decreased by 86 million year over year to 51 million, and adjusted free cash flow levels also decreased significantly year over year. This reflects lower operating results, costs related to the repurchase of senior notes, and higher net capex paid in the current period. Moving now to our net debt reconciliation on slide 20, our net debt decreased by $409 million in Q4, reflecting the $450 million of net proceeds from the sales of our European segment. Our leverage ratio of 3.5 times is down from 3.8 at the end of the third quarter, despite lower adjusted EBITDA levels. Our leverage ratio includes the impact of the construction of the Berlin Container Mill. When excluding the project cash investment to date, our leverage ratio would stand at three times. Financial ratios and information about maturities are detailed on slide 22. Slide 23 provides detail about our capital investments: gross capital and expenditure total 330 million. Including 115 million US dollars for the Bay Island project. After subtracting assets disposal and amounts not paid at year-end, net cash outflow amounted to 233 million. In 2022, we are now expecting total investment of 415 million dollars, which includes approximately 275 million Canadian dollar of investment associated with our Bay Island conversion project. Inflation is also impacting project costs, and in this regards, Bay Allen is no different. After being increased from three hundred eighty to four hundred million US dollars, the project investment is now expected to be in a range of four hundred twenty-five to four hundred fifty million US dollars. We continue to secure contractors, installation contracts, and contracts and payment terms agreement with suppliers which has also resulted in cash outflow moving from 2022 to 2023. The situation does not impact the expected start-up date of December 2022. Mario will conclude the call with some brief
3: comments before we begin the question period. Mario, Thank you, Adam. Many of the factors discussed have continued to impact our performance at the start of 2022. However, we have begun to see positive signs of improvement in labor availability in the recent weeks. Details regarding our near term outlook can be found on slide 24 of the presentation. Given the dynamic nature of the current business circumstances, I would remind you that this outlook is based on what we are seeing today and may change in the coming month. Our near term outlook for container board is for stronger sequential results. Despite a slow start in January, Demand remains good in both the manufacturing and the converting side, but our ability to ship continue to be challenging. However, our expected result will benefit from lower raw material costs. This is expected to help offset the combined and financial pressure on operation and production costs. Our Bear Island project is progressing as planned and sales commitment continue to be put in place. As we mentioned in our Q3 calls, 100% of production of year one has been secured, and we have now confirmed that we have commitment for approximately 75% of the total plant capacity for the first three years. Results for the tissue segment will continue to be under pressure and are expected to remain flat sequentially. This reflects persistent cost inflation for raw materials and transportation and continued operational constraint in logistics and labor. As it is the case with many industrial companies, labor availability and recruitment remain a challenge. This situation is limiting our ability to optimize our recent investment, which lower our production efficiency as we continue to produce below optimal capacity. This factor will be partially offset by benefit from announced price increases. We have also announced additional price increase up to 12% in the retail and away-from-home product effective April and May, respectively, across North America. Lastly, we are expecting continued positive momentum from the specialty product segment. Moving now to raw material, OCC was readily available throughout Q4 and we built a solid inventory level at all of our operating sites before year end. Inventory levels are on target and we are prepared for the current low, lower generation season. Transportation continues to require a higher level of our attention. Market conditions for SOP and high grades have not improved since the last quarter. Generation remain impacted by limited office building activity and an overall market that is showing a slow structural decrease. More recently, we have seen increase purchasing activity from southern mills and higher export activity to South America. This dynamic has led to sequential increase in SOP index price in the last few months. Until last, late December, virgin pop conditions continued to be favorable. However, the situation has reversed in the last few weeks. The global pop market has been impacted on the supply side by multiple events: pop mill strike, unplanned maintenance downtime and the forced idling of mills due to the major transportation challenge. Tonnage in transit is very high and transportation continues to disrupt the supply chain, especially in Canada. Several major producers have recently announced price increases for the month of February and March. Let me finish by saying that without question, business conditions have been very challenging in recent quarter. This was due to a variety of factors, many of which we discussed during this call and many of which remain today. To this end, we have announced cost inflation-driven price increases in most of our sub-segments. We look forward to sharing the path forward we have outlined in our new strategic plan for 2022 to 2024 on our call with you later this morning. We will now be pleased to answer your question and ask that they be limited to our Q4 Result and Full Year Result 2021. Operator?
1: Merci. Si vous voulez poser une question, veuillez s'il vous plaît composer l'étoile suivie du 1 sur votre clavier téléphonique. Et si vous voulez retirer votre question, composez l'étoile suivie du 2. If you would like to ask a question, simply press star then number 1 on your telephone keypad and if you would like to withdraw your question, please press star then number two. Again, if you have a question, please press star then one on your telephone keypad. We'll pause for just a moment to compile the Q&A roster. And your first question comes from Amir Patel at CIBC Capital Markets.
6: Hi, uh, g- good morning. Um, first question I had was for, uh, for Ch- Charles. Um, you know, on the container board side, I, I know Cascade had announced some larger uh, medium price hikes than-, than some of your peers ended up uh, following with. Are-, are you realizing the full levels that, uh, that you've announced uh, so far this year?
7: So, we have announced, uh, as you know, the dates uh, are starting in uh, March, uh, so we're still uh, working on uh, getting both of our announced uh, price increases. So, uh, basically, uh, $40 on medium additional to uh, our $70 uh, announced, so we have 110 on medium and uh, 70 on liner. Um, so the reason why we went with this is uh because of the um uh, the profitability level, level uh, that we see in our facility between medium and liner. Uh so at this point we're still working on uh getting uh, these amounts. Uh, it's probably going to be a challenge to get 100% of it, but uh we're working with our customers to uh work toward that uh, that amount. Great. <clears throat> thanks uh thanks Charles that, that's helpful. And I, I realize we'll
6: kind of delve into some of the outlook stuff on the on the subsequent call but i was just wondering in terms of the spring container board hike uh just given the cost inflation in recent months uh at least based on the sort of current cost profile how how much of that price hike would you expect to kind of drop down to the the bottom line versus just make just uh you know being eroded by the, the cost inflation that you've seen
7: Okay, so I'm going to give you, uh, you can make a calculation of, let's say, $70, 000, $70 on 1.5 million tons, so that's going to give you uh, the, um, the price increase announced um, with the, uh, the way that the increase uh, works uh, on, the, on the year impact is, is probably about uh, 50, uh, 50% of that amount, so that's on the, uh, the plus side. Um, and uh, you can apply uh, the impact on transportation and other costs uh, uh, like we uh, we made in our uh, presentation. so uh, we we do have 3 uh, three to five million dollars of uh, per month of uh, transportation and other cost inflation.
6: Okay, thanks, uh, thanks, Charles. That, that's helpful. And just a final question I had on on the tissue side. Uh, uh, Jean-David, I just wonder if you could perhaps uh, just clarify, I, I know Mario mentioned them in, in his prepared remarks, but the price hikes that you have underway in both consumer and away from home, uh, if you could just maybe run through uh, what, what is in, a, in the market today, uh, the level of the increases and uh, the timing uh, that uh, you would expect that uh, to flow through your results.
8: Morning. So we announced 12% on both markets March 1st for, uh, sorry, May 1st for away from home, April 11th for retail. Right now we have a strong justification to support those increases. Uh, I won't comment on the value, uh, on the bottom line of those increases since we're negotiating with customers as we speak. But uh, we saw letters from competitors in the the last two weeks that are also announcing similar price increase uh, for the same dates as well. So again we are firmly convinced that uh, these can uh, move forward great and Genevieve,
6: is, is there uh, also some element of uh, perhaps de-sheeting underway across your retail business this year or is is any price gains uh any any margin you know improvement coming from these or sort of over the roll price price increases
8: yeah yeah there's many initiatives going on uh we are um, working a lot to improve portfolios so uh, we're continuing SKU's rationalization as we started at the beginning of pandemic so we've never stopped uh, those initiatives. Same thing with the customer portfolio as well and there's also de-sheeting um, project or a basis weight project adjustment with specific customer as well so there there's many initiatives going on right now to improve margins
6: Great. Uh, that's, uh, that's all I had. I'll,
9: I'll turn it over. Thanks.
1: Thank you. Next question will be from Sean Stewart at TD Securities.
9: Thank you. Good morning. A uh, question on the the tissue impairment charge. Can you give us some context on any specific assets that were affected by this, or is it a, a general provision across the segment? And. <coughs> Are there read-throughs for your perspective on the long-term earnings potential for, for that segment?
4: Well, uh, Sean, the impairment, uh, there's two categories of impairment that we took. First one is on the intangible asset and goodwill. So that's for the, the tissue group as a whole or, or one of the business segments. And there's a smaller amount on a specific uh, fixed asset. but uh, uh, I won't mention which one, but again, it's the rules of impairment are are different than uh, maybe uh, some that you see on US GAAP. Under IFRS, it's much more uh, restrictive, uh, but it doesn't uh, change uh, the outlook, uh, long-term outlook on these assets. Uh, we continue to uh, to deploy our uh, margin initiative there, so uh, it's it's more accounting-based than the long-term outlook there.
9: Okay, well, that's uh, that's relatively encouraging. Uh, the, the second question I have is, I appreciate the general inflationary cost environment you're in. Uh, my specific question on costs are Are you seeing any easing in the the shipping constraints that you faced in in the fourth quarter, at, especially in Western Canada, and and the labor availability issues associated with the 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 Omicron variant or any easing at, at this stage on that front, and just trying to get a perspective on how that feeds into your your near to midterm outlook.
3: Uh, Shana will start uh, it's Mario uh, with the uh, the labor uh, recruitment and availability of the people. Honestly, December was uh, very uh, important and impacting. You know the way we were operating. So we had to find ways to you know do overtime, uh, even uh, ask retirees to come back to our plants to help us operate. So it was a difficult period, but uh, it it lasted a little bit. I would say in January now we see you know the uh, pandemics and, and the omicron behind us. We see people coming back. Recruitment, even in the U.S., is uh, much easier now, so uh, hopefully within a quarter from now, you know, the, the labor activity or labor availability will be behind us. I uh, will leave Charles because, uh, for the transportation because Charles is the most impacted with uh, transportation, so I will leave him with the answer. Yes, yeah, so um, the, uh, the situation with uh, transportation
7: uh, out west, uh, is uh, getting uh, better, uh, though that we still have some, uh, some impact, uh, mainly on the rail side, and it's all across Canada, by the way, it's uh, still some, uh, some rail cars that are stocked at ports and on boats, and uh, uh, so we figure that the, um, this situation will improve in Q1, but still have some impact uh, till the end of Q1, at least. Um, but the transportation, the rail, is also being impacted um, in, uh, in the U.S. So we have two of our main, I would say, uh, shipping points uh, that are affected by transportation and rail uh, mainly. Uh, one in, uh, in our major um, facility in Niagara Falls, uh, where we have green packing, we have three paper machines. Uh, and one also in the east uh, of Canada uh, that are still impacted by the ripple effect of uh, the out west. So I know it's a long answer. Uh, it is improving in Q1, uh, but there is still some ripple effect uh, to uh, uh, to uh, to us. And mainly, um, there is some limitation on our capacity to ship. Uh, we're trying to uh, compensate uh, day every day. Um but we have to uh ship what we can't ship by rail. Uh we're trying to find some trucks to do it, so the cost is going up. And um that's the that's the impact. There's uh, there's gonna be less impact on the quantity shipped, uh, but there is still gonna be a lot of pressure on cost uh for the the quarter in Q1. That's uh that's excellent detail. Thank you, Cheryl. Uh
9: that's all I have.
1: Thank you. Next question will be from Mark Wild at BMO.
9: Good morning,
10: Mario. Good morning, Alan. Good morning. Uh, Alan, I wondered if you could help us just uh, in general terms, think about uh, your expectations around uh, price cost in 22, and then also to just confirm it. It sounded like in container board, it might be a wash this year if you get you know about 50%. Of the uh, the price hike benefit, but you're seeing kind of three to five million per month in in costs. And can you confirm that?
7: Just maybe uh, this is Charles. Um, so there's probably a a, a, a plot. I'm being cautiously. I wanted to uh, uh, give some numbers. There's probably a positive uh, at the end of the year, but uh, I want to be cautiously uh, optimistic on this.
10: Okay, for the overall company.
7: Uh, For the uh, container
4: board, yes. Yeah. uh, On
7: on the seventy dollars, the question was asked on seventy dollars, and then times one point five million. That's U.S. By the way. So, and then when you look at the thirty, the three to five, these costs are in Canadian. So there's there's um, a small potential uh, positive or potential positive on a year basis.
4: Uh, In tissue market, continue there's continued increases on the Romano side. So that's maybe more of a head-winning tissue than in container board and in specialty. So, uh, uh, but he, everyone is uh, impacted by uh, transportation costs. But as Charles mentioned, the railway availability, uh, it's more on the container board side than, than the others.
10: Okay, and in, and in tissue, can you just help us? I know a lot of times there's a, a variance between sort of announced tissue price hikes and realized tissue price hikes. And can you just give us any historical perspective on what you've typically been able to to realize in, as a percent of the the announced increase?
8: I don't think the the past will be uh, will guide the future uh, with this, Mark. I think we've been uh, we've not been able to materialize most of those price increase in the past. But today the situation is different, and uh, with the inflation that we're facing and the market condition. I'm sure we're going to realize much more uh, than what we realized in the past. So we we used to realize half to three quarter of the announced pricing, but now we are firmly working on 100% of it. And in fact, we are increasing even more than 12% on many categories. So there's there's many categories right now that are under allocation. There's uh, really strong demand, especially on the away from home side. Uh, so. Uh, Overall, we're really uh, working hard for the full 12% on both both markets.
10: Okay, that's encouraging. And then finally, just um, possible to get uh, a little bit of color on the increase in uh, costs at Bear Island Project and whether at this point you think there's any more risk of, uh, of upward kind of cost creep. Yes,
7: yeah, so I can give you uh, maybe a bit of where we stand. Uh, so, um, in our uh, range that we provided, uh, 425 to 450, um, we built in uh, known increases uh, from now till the end of the year. So, big uh, portion of the increases were uh, the steel, uh, concrete, labor uh, and all other costs, and costs uh, that we planned from now till the end of the project. The other thing is we have about 80% of our contracts that are uh, now uh, signed, secured, or agreed. Uh, so this is um, reducing the uh, the risk from now till the end. So uh, we feel pretty uh, comfortable with the number that we've uh, we've announced and the range. Uh, so right now we're on the low end uh, with the contingency. So we feel comfortable. It's going to be on the 425 to 450. Okay. All right. That's
10: helpful. I'll turn it over.
1: Again, if you would like to ask a question, please press star then number 1 on your telephone keypad. And your next question will be from Zachary Evershed, National Bank.
10: Good morning everyone. Good morning, Good morning.
9: Uh, I was hoping you could give us a bit more color on the pace of Bear Island Investments in 2022 and 2023 and uh, speak to your confidence on the December startup date. Okay,
7: so um, on 2022, I'm going to answer on the starting uh, and on the second part of your question I'm going to have to uh, ask you again. But just uh, on uh, the starting date uh, right now with all the, uh, uh, the, um, the, the team is working on making the date uh, stick, uh, our schedule, uh, we have to make a lot of adjustments, but uh, still uh, working. Uh, we're hiring uh, more people right now than our uh, original curve. Uh, we're making uh, changes uh, based on the uh, challenges that we're seeing. But as we speak, uh, the the date is still uh, still uh, holding uh, for the end of December. So uh, we made some commitment also with customers. So we we're really focusing on meeting that date
4: uh, uh, with the teams. Zachary, exactly. on your other question. Uh, the layout of the uh, investment. You'll have a slide on the the next deck uh, at 11 o'clock, but it's about 210 million U.S. in 2022
9: and 50 in 2023.
4: That's very helpful. Thanks. And
9: then one last one for me. The tissue industry in North America is still pretty highly fragmented, and some of your competitors have indicated they're working on consolidation there. Are you active on that front as well, or is your Pretty full with Bear Island.
3: Uh, Zachary, I thank you for your question, but if I may, I would like to defer it for our call at 11. We'll answer that question.
9: Makes sense. Thank you very much. I'll turn it over. Thank,
1: thank you. you. Thank you. There are no further questions at this time. Monsieur Plout, please continue.
3: Thank you, everyone, for being on the call uh, this morning. And uh, we're looking forward uh, for presenting our uh, STRAP plan twenty two twenty-four at 11. So meet you at 11. Thank you.
1: Merci, Mesdames et Messieurs. Cela m'est fait à la conférence d'aujourd'hui. Vous pouvez maintenant raccrocher. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. This concludes today's conference. You may now disconnect.
5: This country was built on a distinctly American work ethic. But today, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and diminished our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make a variety of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more. All made right here in the USA, from growing the cotton to adding the final touches. So when you buy American Giant, You create jobs for seamsters, cutters, and factory workers in towns and cities across the United States. And it's about more than an income. Jobs bring pride, purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20.